3: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
4: Hello and welcome to another podcast from A View from the Bollings. Uh, Grab yourself a coffee. We've got a full house today with myself, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean, Mark Mordecai, Carl McKenna, and our special guest today, journalist and author, Richard Buxton. Guys, we're through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after a 2-1 win after extra time over Rotherham United. Lee, it it could have been so much worse, and, and we're very lucky to be through, aren't we?
0: Lucky, to say the least, Mick, yeah. Uh, could have been very different yesterday. An awful performance overall, aside from probably the first 10, 15 minutes when we looked OK and we were on the front foot. It all just went to pieces after about 15 minutes. And rather than with a better side. On another day, we would have went out. I think better opposition, we would have went out. Um, don't think we took them seriously enough. There was one or two that didn't look fit. you uh, being one of them. Uh, all in all, mate, I don't think anyone will have been singing Adele in the changes after that performance. Um, this, you're really struggling to take any positives from that. That was a very, very difficult game to watch. But we are in the next round. i it, people saying that's all that matters. I don't think I agree with that. It's not all that matters. It's the most important thing, but we've got to learn from that and avoid a repeat performance. Because if we do that again in the next round against you know, even slightly better opposition. We're, we're going to go out and the season's going to be over early again. And that's the last thing
4: we want. We've got to learn from that, mate. That was terrible. Yeah, Carl, like Lee just said, there's, there's very few positives. Um, what were your opinions on the game?
1: Yeah, similar to Lee, to be honest, Mick, Um Can't really push on from there. Um, probably the Corday and Robert Olsen played two good games. Um couple of unfit players stepped in, a couple of fringe players stepped in, never really set the world alight to give themselves a chance of starting in games moving forward. I I didn't feel anyway. But mm. as Lee said, we are through and we must learn from that the mistakes that we can't really let game go that far away. Uh, especially mm. if the opposition is a little bit better than what we played yesterday.
4: Markov mm. Markov, off, Mark, off you said, you know, it's the FA Cup and, and this sort of things happen in the FA Cup, you know, at least it's not a shock and we're through. Is that an excuse for the players, do you
2: think? No, you know what, look, I've been to, I mean, the, the commentator, we uh, was watching it on, on BT last night, was saying, um, you know, he rattled off a list of like, like the all-time worst ever in FA Cup performances. And that wasn't even, that wasn't even on that list. You know, we got through, I saw the quote yesterday as well, our worst needs to be better than their best. And it was. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I've seen Everton get, you know, the olden game, for one, you know, we got absolutely battered. But rather than with decent, but they weren't, they weren't brilliant. I mean, the goal wasn't peppered all the way All the way through. And I'm not, there's no excuses for the performance. I'm not that bothered, to be honest. And I bet, I bet you Carlo isn't either, but he's just thinking, next round. And, and, you know, as regards fringe players, you know, he knows what he wants to get rid of. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Richard, you were...
2: You
3: were at the game, um, you know. What were your thoughts on it? Pretty much, similar to the lads. There wasn't really many positives, was there? I mean, Yorker obviously obviously coming back is obviously the biggest um, standout. You know, to get an hour under his belt after being out for six weeks is, is pretty impressive. But you know, he was caught out a few times by. Uh, I was suddenly who scored the, uh, the equaliser for Rotherham. Um and I think as, as the lads have said, and exactly the Rotherham, they weren't causing any problems. But they were allowed to grow in confidence because that midfield just gave him the opportunity. You know, Gomez and Davis. I mean, I don't know how Gomez stayed on for mm. so long to be honest, because uh, you know he was easily one of the worst defenders, and Davis wasn't far behind him. So, you know, there's a lot of things there um, which you look at it and you could be really critical of it, but I would have to say, you know, being through to the fourth round is probably the biggest thing you can take at this stage.
4: Mm. Lee, what what Rich has just touched on there, Davis and Gomez in in the centre midfield in the in the pivot. Um, a lot's been said about these two. Um, you know, can they play together? Are they going to stake a claim in the starting eleven? They did themselves no favours yesterday, did they?
0: Not at all. I don't think uh, Decoré and Alan have got much to worry about when they're back. Put it that way. Um, if, if you're a half decent Premier League footballer and you see the Everton team sheet with Tom Davis and Gomez in the middle at the minute. You you you're you're confident that you're gonna go into that game and have the upper hand um and, and dominate the game for whoever you're playing for. With Tom Davis, Mick, it's another example of why if we want success at Everton, I'm struggling to see how he's gonna be part of it. I'm I'm really trying to hold back and not go over the top. Um because I know he's got his followers, Tom Davis and he is an Evertonian and stuff. And, and to be fair, I think that gets him off the hook with a lot of people. He's too safe. When I'm watching Everton, it's noticeable for me that the top... They're not looking for him. He's not an option. Um, he's OK at most things, but I'm struggling to think, what, what's, he, what's he excellent at? What's, what does he excel at? Is he quick? You know, is, he, is he a combative tackler like Alan is? Does he drive forward and assist? Is he creative? I don't think he's any of those things, and it, it baffles me how he's got to one hundred and twenty appearances around that mark for, for Everton. He's captained us as well. I've got nothing mm. against the lad personally. I am just an Evertonian who wants the best for me club, and, and, you, and d- I've d- seen some top players. I, we need better than him, and that that's the fact. We need. Better do than you, him.
2: do you do you think? Sorry, mate. Do you do you think that like? I mean, he didn't dominate the game. But, like, do you think that there was, for either midfielder, there was any options, either wide no. or four forwards?
0: No, and I made a couple of notes here, and I, and I think, no, there was, it was very noticeable that there was no options going forward. There was no movement in front of the midfield. Even James, when he had the ball, you could tell he was frustrated. There was, there was nothing going on. Well, it's interesting you say
2: that about James, because his, his out ball yesterday was left. Yeah, left, left, left. left. You know, I mean, it was like, there was a player my dad used to call the Crab, and anybody was known as the Crab, Ray Wilkins, who was a top, top player, by the way. But, like, the ball was always go sideways. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of that's because of what you've got available, you know, and Tosin didn't show anything. You know, I mean, bar the goal, and that's a big, big, big statement, saying bar the goal. You know, the, the, he, he didn't hold the ball. They really missed DCL yesterday. Really did. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Andrew Charles,
2: Richard. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Richard, just, just, just bringing it back to, to Gomez and Davis. Neither were showing for possession enough, in my opinion, you know, from the centre backs. Um, they weren't tracking their runners from midfield. Uh, and they weren't really used utilising the possession you know, in a way that, that benefits the side and gets you a foothold in the game. There was, there was a spell in the first half for uh, 20 minutes where it, it, it was so scrappy, you were just screaming at the, at the telly almost for, for Davis or Gomez to, to grab the ball. And calm things down, but neither neither of them seem capable of doing that, are they?
3: Not at the moment, and that was the source of that was the reason why Overham got a foothold in the game and got some confidence because they should have really been out of sight after after Tottenham scored and you know everything should have really ramped it up. But as you say, um, Tom Davis, I mean, I think we've just wanted to, you know, we can't doubt his commitment to Everton, but what does he bring in terms of quality? You know, he seems to be a very sort of interchangeable player, but without actually uh, fulfilling any real role, he's sort of one of these sort of very, you know, compatible midfielders. You can put him on the wing, you put him in, in in hold, you put him in central. What does he do? And you know, again, it's not on personal with Tom Davis. You know, we we you know we know he does a lot for the club. You know, we love the club. Um, but what does he bring in a game like that where you have got to step up? And you know, I think Manchester probably will regret a little bit. Go in with a, a sort of half-strength midfield because no so one good, given Campbell going with Charles in the afternoon, obviously you got told you can step up. But if you bench the core, you've got Allen out injured. Who's coming in to sort of fill the gap? Because O'Shea clearly can't do it. And again, not against them as individuals, the them just, It's just not what Everton need or expect at this stage. Mm-hmm.
4: Carl, what, what were your thoughts on on the partnership in midfield between Davis and Gomez?
1: lacklustre, to say the least, Mick, to be honest. Um, pretty much touch on what the, the lads have just said there. Um, just never took the game, did they? Never got over the game. First 10 minutes, great ball by Gordon, puts Towson in. From then you're thinking, OK, did they, they take the pace now? And we get the ball, we get these running around, we see the game out 2 3 nil. But unfortunately, I just don't think they're capable of doing that um, as a pair. Maybe if you put them in there with Alan... And then Decore come on, Gomez done a little bit better. Felt like he probably got a bit more confident knowing that the was behind him. But even even show me it, it's a sad state of affairs when we can't really play football without Alan and Decore, the centre in midfield. But obviously Carlo understood that and that's the reason why he went up and got two center in it away.
4: Mm, Lee, you, you feel like the midfield, uh, you know, frailties are still there a little bit. You know, we have improved the midfield. Uh, you know in the last window, but they're still there, aren't they? And they're still evident. Yeah,
0: they are, Mick. And I suppose taking a little bit more of a positive slant on things, even at 1-1 yesterday, I think in the past, I'd have been convinced we were going out. You know, we were going to, you know, quote, quote, Everton this. I didn't get that feeling yesterday with Decoray as an option on the bench, even Sigurdsson. I think the difference when the pair of them came on was very evident um, hmm. Sig- Sigurdsson I, I know he's got his detractors and stuff but he's got quality he's got ability and he, he does stand out against that level of opposition same with Corey and when the person came he... on you could see the whole game changed um, we, we managed to grab a hold of it a little bit and, and I do think in extra time we managed that game very well um, there was a spell of possession, I think, in the second half of extra time where we we kept hold of the ball for like three or four minutes and we had Rodden running around. That's what should have been going on from minute one. Um so, yeah, I think the backup to Alan to Corey, y- your first-choice options isn't great, and we need to address that, because I think you start with one of Davis or Gomez and you probably get away with it. Yesterday we saw if we start with both of them, you- you- you're not going to do that um, in the Premier League, certainly, anyway.
4: Mark, you were just going to come in there.
2: Well, I, I I'm, you know, I, I didn't think Sigurdsson did anything anything i mean like i can't i can't genuinely remember him doing anything of quality i can't remember him being on mark no I can't, <laughs> em- I can't remember his name being mentioned he, he was he was i mean if you, if you think how i mean to corey come on and looked. he looks he looks a machine you know he looks like he can go box to box um and, and a lot of the qualities that you want from players coming on you know Take the game by the scruff for the neck, gets a goal. He's all he's all over the pitch. Like physically, he's a specimen, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? But he can also play football, and I think and I think he smells danger as well. You know, in the, in the short spell he, he's had as an Everton player, you know, he's come up with little moments where he's saved us in games. You know, he'll just turn up and just sneak the ball off somebody. That tackle um, against Tottenham. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. We'll yeah just, There's been there's been two or three now. What but a like, lovely like, finish that as well, by the way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's quality Great finisher. but like with yeah. with with Sigurdsson, I'm I'm, I'm I mean I like I've said before. Like I'll take, I try and take every every game and every player, you know, and, and think about how well they've done or how good that game was, and, and take it by game by game. With him, consistently, just tell me what he's done, and I, I you know I will listen, but please tell me, you know, other than floating corners in. I, 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 I find I find it I find it disheartening that he's still there, as
4: much as other people will say about David still being there. And mm. um, mm. mm. Richard, moving away from the centre midfield problem yesterday, um, you know, Trent Tosson got a chance. He, he scored. It was a good finish. Um, his second goal should shouldn't have stood. That's that's another argument altogether. What was your opinion on his performance yesterday?
3: It's more of the same, open Tolson, isn't it? You see little flashes of, of of the player he could be, and then you see for the rest of the game, you know the player he really is. You now he had a few chances, he he didn't really make the most of them. Um, and you know he's unfortunate with the VAR coming in um, for the late goal. I mean, I I think it is curious the way he can use VAR and I think Cup fair side, but not in a catalog Cup quarter final. But that's mm-hmm. another discussion for another time. But. Uh, I wasn't really overly impressed by him. And he, he really did just do the bare minimum in terms of um, covering the short foot, left five of the and BCL. DCL. I, I wasn't really convinced that he could have a future in Everton. To be honest, it actually made me hear uh, for Moise Keane come
4: Yeah, yeah. Lee, just touching on Tosun, in all fairness to the midfield, it, it is very difficult, isn't it, when you get the ball and, and you know, they turn out and, and they don't have that focal point or someone running the channels or, or willing to hold the ball up and it... It, the ball wasn't sticking up there, was it, yesterday at all?
0: No, he's not the answer, Mick. Uh, you know, there's no getting away. It was a lovely finish. And he is, he is a good finisher, like Richard just said. There. You put him in front of goal and, you know, he's not bad. The rest of his game, though, is, is lacking, to say the least. Movement-wise, he's not Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's not got that presence, the height, the strength. He's not an outball, so to speak. So you know the, the times in the game where we were struggling and we were penned back. I you know that's embarrassing to say against Rotherham, but when we were penned back a little bit, he's not really that option where you can look for the channel like like you can with Calvert-Lewin. And he'll he'll run and he'll use his body strength and he'll, he'll hold it up and let let us get up the pitch a little bit. He's not that. Um, I think yesterday was a little bit of a shop window job. It was a perfect time to put him in the shop window. He's, he's come out and said recently that he's... What, what did he say? He's taken two or three weeks to have a think about yeah, where he want to move. Yeah, two to three weeks, yeah. So, yeah we, we'll make it for you if you want. And it won't take two <laughs> or three weeks. Yeah.
1: It'll take 24 hours. <laughs> two or three,
0: two or three <laughs> seconds.
2: In, interest, interestingly, Shari, with Toulton, is that, like, I, I mean, back in the day, he would have had a big lad up front with him. You know, he he, he, would, he would there would have been a two there, and he would have been the one just is just all he had to do was get goals, mm. and and like you know we modern football or modern Everton, it's one man up front with five in the field, and that probably five in the field is is like playing because you you haven't got certain players' of quality in sit in certain positions, so Tauson doesn't get the opportunity. You know, Tauson up front with Carl Lewin. Might be a different player because he can't, I can finish, but like mm. on his own, you know, he he hasn't got any pace, he hasn't got any physicality as well. I mean, you know, the, the whole thing about him, a bit, he has a bit of rough and tumble about him and all that. He's 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 lightweight, isn't he? You know, he's he's not good enough. Mm.
4: Carl, it's there was unwanted extras yesterday. Um, you know, we, we rest Dominic Calvert Lewin, we rest Richarlison. Um, but the unwanted you know, extension of the playing time. You know, Michael Keane has just come back from a, a little niggle in his hamstring. He had to play 120 minutes. And, you know, we rested the Corre and Sigurdsson. And they had to go on and play, you know, nearly an hour of football just before two really important away games in the space of a week. Uh, it's not what Carlo would have wanted, was it?
1: No, the game plan didn't go to plan, did it? We clearly see that, Mick. Uh, I don't think the Corre, Sigurdsson... Uh, any of them types of players were supposed to do that long. Uh, I'd be surprised if Rodriguez was supposed to stay on for that long as well. Um, so yeah, the plan didn't play out the way Carlo would have wanted. You know, Wolves away on Tuesday, very very hard game. Like, they're a very physical team, athletic. You know, they're not going to give us a minute. So you know, I think um, what's what's happened there yesterday is probably one of the reasons why we might struggle with these coming up games again and, and, and a bit of tiredness might set in again. I mean, Michael Keane, for me, done very, very well yesterday, to be honest with me. I thought he played well again. Mm. Um, looked a little bit off the off the boil, yeah, because maybe he was a little bit rusty from being rested against West Ham, but I thought he'd done okay, personally. But it's just whether or not the players who come in have got any more legs left that were supposed to be rested to, to get us through this uh, next couple of games. I'm, I'm a bit concerned about that one.
4: Richard, what what will Carlo have learnt from yesterday's game, if anything, at all?
3: Probably that you can't uh, make half measures in some areas. and I think we've come back to the midfields the base again and obviously, you know, having to leave Hammers on to, you know, up until the first five minutes of extra time, shows just how badly Everton needed a player of his quality when you've got and DCL, in to a degree pick for doubt. Um, so I think he'll probably, I mean, if he gets to a Premier League tie in the next round, I think he's going to have to go full strength. And, you know, you can't go through. You can't just do all the little and throw the kids on and hope for the best. Um, by the way, that was that, that's the one thing that, came out yesterday that was quite uh, encouraging that we didn't end up in another situation like what happened to Anfield last year because that was by far the worst Everton performance in a cup game I've seen for a long, long time. So, you know, it it just about uh, heads that out. So, I think he's going to have to really up his game in terms of selection. He can't just give players the weekend off and be serious about winning the trophy. You know, 26 years come up to now since Everton lost one of the trophy. That's way too long and you can't take the history lineups.
4: Mm. Lee, I, I had a text message, Lee, yesterday from a, from a good friend, and uh, it, it, if Everton do get through and manage just to get over the line, uh, it would it would allow us to almost not derail our season. Let's say, how how important was it just to get over the line and then and then almost regroup? massive, Mick. You imagine
0: how we'd all be feeling today, you know, and we speak on behalf of of all of us as fans. You know, there's nothing worse than that feeling and we've had it all too regularly of late where your season's finished in January. You know, we're still in. We've got away with one. We got away with one in 1995 away against Bristol. We were absolutely appalling and we got through and look what happened. So it's not all negative. We are in the hat you know, and it's a bit different this year where the fourth round and the fifth round draw is made at the same time. So we'll have a little bit of a clearer idea of the path maybe to a quarter-final. Um, so yeah, it's it's a massive result for us. I think you, you listen to pundits and they all talk about Everton as a good bet for the cup and we, we should be. With everyone fit and if we play to the way we can play, then we've got every every chance and especially if the stars align the way they, should, the way they, they could do and perhaps we get drawn against a team who have got a Champions League game coming up or whatever or they've got a couple of injuries I said it last week you need a little bit of luck to win a competition but you've got to be in it and we're still in it so yeah happy day Yeah
4: Carl Anthony Gordon got a start Um, you know I I personally think he needs a loan What what was your opinion on his performance yesterday? Yeah I mean
1: to be honest Mick I was expecting a little bit more from him yesterday I thought you know Team of Roddenham's level of thought he, you know, this could have been a good chance for the kids to step up and, and really, really have a good go against these whether or not he, he felt a little bit like he was rusty himself because he's got no game time under his belt, then yeah, I would have to agree with Jimmy, put him out on loan and let's get him playing regularly. Um I do, I do think he's got he shows size with ability. Certainly. He's got a lot of pace, hasn't he? He's quite quite a tall lad by by all mm. accounts. Maybe needs to fill out a bit, but you know, I think he could have a future at Everton He could have a future at Everton. And by putting him out on loan, you'll get to see him playing week in, week out, regularly, scoring, setting goals up and possibly dictating games. Because I do think he's got a lot
4: of ability, that kid. Mark, what was your opinion on Anthony Gordon's performance yesterday? Um, I, I, you know what? I thought, I
2: thought there, was, there was moments where I thought, you know, the lad's obviously got quality. And you can see why he's, he's in and around the, the first team now. Um, he disappeared second half, and that's why he got yanked with um, with Woby because the pair of them, you know, didn't show anything second half. Um, I think he's learning his craft. You know, I think whether he whether he learns that in and around the first team in Everton, or, he, 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 or that happens on a loan. You know, Carlo will know what's right to do with him because he's you know he seems to be managing him quite well. He's now in, he's now at a point where you know he, he's he's creating assists. There was a lovely run he did. Um, one yeah. of the first moments in the game where yeah. it, it was it was like a I mean I'm probably overstepping the mark here but it was a reminiscence of a George Best goal that was scored a long time ago where he, he cut across all two or three plays but there was twice showing I, you the age, yeah, man. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> twice, twice, twice was twice. I was shouting at the screen, shoot, and he just didn't shoot. You know, at the time where, and I think that like once once you get used to being around men, basically, you know. Be, you know, you've got to think that he's only a boy playing against men who are physically, be- you know, m- better footballers than him, and also more experience. He'll be a better player, you know. I, I, I think I don't mm. Richard, I, I personally think
4: I don't want to compare, but you know, you look at Liverpool and they loaned out Harvey Elliott to, to Blackburn. I personally think that would be a really good learning curve for for Anthony Gordon to go out there and, and probably play in the Championship week in week out. What, what are your
3: thoughts on it? It's a tough one really, because I, I mean I'd rather see him continue his development at Everton, but obviously you know if if Farishy we've got halfway him in terms of getting back into the first team and you know having a, a regular run of games as he did at the back in the last season, then you know I'd be all for it. Um, you know I think going as I've said, you know he just needs that sort of development, sort of physically still quite slight. Um, but, you know I mean. If if we're gonna farm him out on, on loan somewhere, you know, we don't want to end up in a situation like we did with Kieran Dowell, where he just goes on a succession of loans and then and getting flooded with championship club at the end of it, you know, there needs to be a, a clear pathway for him and maybe, you know, Angelosi's probably better placed than, than Marco Chilver or Ronald Cohen was to, to do that with with Andy Gordon because he clearly beats a lot, he clearly, you know, he's willing to Take what he says on board if he comes and knocks on his door and says, I'm not about something, he'll you know, give him some feedback. But you feel like the other two wouldn't have been that accommodating if wouldn't have come to the first team around their time in charge. So for me, I think it's, it's a good option. And I think maybe if he if is, you know, here for the long haul, which we hope we believe he will be, then I think he's probably the best person to oversee that development. And I think. They won't be staying over. Carrying to where he's, he's farmed out to all these clubs, and then told the end there might have to be a clear discussion plan. And hopefully, that is the case.
4: Lee, moving on a little bit from Anthony Gordon, Hamid uh, started. Um, you know, he's, he's had a few niggling injuries, and he's he's been a bit of a you know he's, he's been a miss. Let's be honest. He, he, he started the game. He, was, he he created the winner. Let's be honest. You know, we had a runner from Abdoulaye Diouf, and he created the winner. But we we do need to see more from him, don't we?
0: Yeah, we do, Mick. Um, But with with players who are at his level, you can have games like he did yesterday. Where, let's be honest, we we can't come in on here and, and slay Tom Davis and whoever else and and let him off the hook just because he's Hamez. He, he didn't do anything uh, apart from an absolute world class assist, and that's the difference. You know, he, he's arguably won us that game with that moment moment of magic. If I if I was to put myself in in James's shoes, you. I don't know whether it's a little bit of frustration creeping in, where he's looking around him, you know, and the caliber of the player he's playing alongside, and you know, he, he's not people who don't see his runs, people who, who aren't seeing what he sees. Would, would would an element of frustration creep in? Where with I think you've you've heard top level footballers allude to this, where the like managers where they go to lower league clubs and and they get they find it difficult because of what they're working with. It's, it's sort of translating that to maybe Hamez's current performances on the pitch I think if we can get our top men back in so you're talking your Richarlison your Alan's, um Dean you're back up to full fitness and hopefully with the weather getting a little bit warmer as well <laughs> I, I might add we might see Hamez's levels come up a little bit to me it's no surprise that since it's got cold he's got cold
4: <laughs> Carly I, well. I didn't write nah, that I'm down No I'm sure you didn't <laughs> He did, he did create the winner um, but he created the winner with a willing runner who was willing to run beyond is that what Hamas needs he needs runners around him
1: uh, I'd like to think so Mick yeah I mean you know you have probably played football yourself at a amateur level or a decent level um, between us in here and you know when you've got that type of player in your team I've seen it yesterday the, the amount of players that just look for Hamas it's unbelievable you know like even if he's centre mid the courier just pass it to mm-hmm. him and then he'll move and he'll know he'll get it back. Do you, do you know what I'm mm, trying to get out of here? Yeah. yeah. So like, it's having that confidence of just saying, there's Rodriguez, there's the, there's the player, he's the player who can change this game. Give him the ball, I'll move, he'll probably find me. And that's, that's probably where it's going to whittle down to with him. We need movement off the ball with him in the team. It's a simple mm-hmm. fact because with his vision, with his ability, eight, eight out of ten times, he's going to find that pass that makes us win the game likewise he did yesterday you know that pass to the core was never on when he got it he waited and waited and waited and it was a perfect pass he broke no stride the core ran right onto the ball bang first touch Mm. goal you know we haven't had a player like that for a long long Mm. time so you could say Rodriguez didn't do much and and I agree with Lee on that one off the ball He's a bit of non-existence, isn't he? But when we get it, he comes alive and he wants the ball. The players feel confident to give him the ball. Maybe all you need to factor in now is when he's got the ball, how quick do we move around so we can play them mm. passes?
4: Lee just, Lee, just rolling it back quickly. Carl's made a really good point there regarding James. You know, the players give him the ball. They feel comfortable when James is on the ball. They know he's not going to give it away. With all due respect to, to yesterday's opponents in Rotherham, You'd expect Andre Gomez to to be grabbing that game, wouldn't you, when it was a bit, you know, for the 20 minutes in the first half where it was a real scrappy game. There's enough leaders in that team, surely now, just to grab the ball, keep it moving and just calm it down. I mean, you could hear Carlo from the bench shouting, play, play. So, why, why weren't they doing that?
0: No idea, Mick. I don't know what happened yesterday and, you know, the curious case of Andre Gomez, what's happened there. The bar of the obvious with the injury, that's 12 months ago now, well, 14 months ago now, where he, he picked up that horrendous injury. What we've seen since is, it, is a shadow of the player that we've seen come in. Um, the player, by the way, who was signed for, to replace either Javi or Iniesta at Barcelona, I can't remember which one. He's got undoubted pedigree. He looked unbelievable when he first came to Everton, but he's playing within himself. I don't know how much of that is psychological. Um, he looks very, very flat-footed. So any anyone around him in the opposition, with our, with half a yard of pace, is having a field day against Andre Gomez at the minute. He's not finding that sort of space. He's not driving forward like like reminiscent of that Wolves goal uh, mm-hmm. that he scored. You know, we're not seeing anything uh, of that from from Gomez at the minute. So I, I don't know. Um, you're asking me for answers, but I'm, I'm sure Carlo Ancelotti is looking for the, looking for the <laughs> same and probably expecting that when. When he's naming Gomez in the starting eleven, Well mm-hmm. he's asked he asked Gomez
1: didn't he to you know be fitter and stronger? Yeah. Since he said that, he's come to talk a way. Yeah,
0: he is uh, still he's still a player. He's still he, he's a player of proven pedigree and class. Whether or not he'll be the same player um, since that injury, I, I'm not I'm not sure now. Mick, I'm, I'm, as, I'm asking myself yeah. that question, and I'm, and I'm honestly not sure. Mark,
4: now. you're looking for leaders in that team. You know, it's it's we were one nil up in the first half and like I say, for those 20, 25 minutes and even in the second half, you were screaming for someone just to grab the players. No one likes the word, but rally the players and almost refocus, you know, calm things down, play with a bit of professionalism. I, I, I didn't see many leaders on the pitch, did you?
3: Uh,
2: no. I, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? You know, um, I, do, I do think with the FA Cup, though, I think, Players play above themselves and players play within themselves. And I think the Rotherham players, who have been crap, by the way, I mean, you know, stinking the place out, bottom of the league type stuff, all had the, the, probably the best game of football that they've had in, in a year or two, all in one go. You know, and that's, that's supposedly the magic of the FA Cup, is that like, certain players, you know, aren't up for the physical challenge and you know I'm, I'm not bothered you know what I mean and you could see that Akron after
4: like, 20 minutes once they got the goal they switched ever switched off mm. Mm. Richard talking to leaders like I've, like I've touched on there was noise from the bench shouting play and it sounded like it was Carlo saying it play play is there any leaders on in that team
3: at the moment? In that lineup yes there was very few I mean you can argue the key trouble between people like Rodriguez who's you know his qualities are indisputable. You know, World Cup one won the Champions League, one titles in, in two European leagues. You know, he's clearly a quality player, but in terms of, you know, his teammates who are going to step up and, and you know, be alongside time in the trenches. There's not really many. And I think it's interesting that we're bringing up Andy Gomez because, I mean, I've actually been following his career for quite a bit because um, when he joined Barcelona, I was writing for um, the English Channel of Market and they were kind of walking through the deal. Anyway, this is a ridiculous deal. It's like gonna be like 10-5 chance to five million if you if you achieve all these like, pauses, you know, goals, assists, trophies, you know, shots, all that stuff. It's a little wonder he really didn't kick on as, as, as many expected. And you with know, some of the things happening here and Nevison vault here with the um with the injury having that, that sort of impact, you know, there should be some sort of some sort of presence, even if you don't if you're not playing at your best ability, you should have that sort of confidence to sort of step up. And I mean I think it's useful when you look across Stanley Park. You know, Liverpool's captain is probably one of the biggest examples of a player who's had issues with confidence, but yet he projects it to his teammates. He's, he's got the captaincy and, you know, he's led to success. have don't see have many players like that who can sort of mask it? You know, it seems to be a sort of frailty there, and that, that's a big because, you know, Calvary fully really got confidence to, you know, be a leader. has got it as well. Um, although he probably does mask it a little bit more. And, and he short um, Rodriguez and Charles beyond that you know you we, we can look at the core you can look at people like Tom Davis but then, you know what they bring to the table in terms of technical ability not bringing much in the, in the way of leadership and that's concerning because you look at other teams and you know it's just the Wolves are on the horizon in midweek how many players in that wolf seem you pick out who are genuine leaders and I, I think you'd struggle to pick one that we want mm. Lee
4: I don't want to go too much into transfers. We, we've we've spoken enough about transfers in the last two podcasts. But with that sort of performance yesterday, will that force the hand of of the football club to to maybe to maybe open the chequebook a little bit?
0: Mick, I don't think we've seen anything yesterday that we probably didn't already mm. know. I don't think it's opened our eyes up to anything new. We, we definitely need strengthen, and I don't think it's going to happen this month. I don't. I, I can't. I, there's not many options out there. Uh, there's there's no no real rumours flying around. I know Ancelotti likes to keep his cards close to his chest and, and he's come out and said uh, that, that we're perhaps not going to do any business in, in January but he has known to throw a little curveball in there every now and again so maybe we will get a surprise but I don't think we're going to see a, a, a Lakaku level surprise like we got that January that time. If, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was January. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, January is a very, very difficult to cliche now, isn't it? January's a really difficult window to get any sort of decent level of business done, and I'd be surprised if we if we brought anyone of note in. I, I think Mark mentioned it in uh, last week. For me, it's who we who we get rid of, mm. but being careful and conscious to not get rid of anyone that we we have we have we can't replace or we haven't got a. Another option for within the the current squad,
4: Carl. Moving on, Carl, we've we're through to the fourth round, and that is ultimately the most important thing. So, looking ahead, we have got a very, very difficult game away at Wolves on Tuesday. Uh, it's gonna have to be much improved, isn't it? To go there and get a result,
1: goes without saying that, Mick. I mean, obviously, we're up like we did yesterday. It'll we'll be an absolute route, won't it? You know, we'll be making a mockery of ourselves in respect of challenging for the top six because let's have it like these are probably our rivals now, Wolves. Mm. Um, so you know, we've got it. We've got to be beat. In my opinion, we've got to be beating teams like this. But as Richard touched on there, which I think is a massive one, they're full of leaders, absolutely full of leaders, and. That's sometimes a worrying thing for Evan at the moment. We've got a leader on the sidelines within, you know, Carlo and Ferguson and Carlo's son. But, you know, it, it, there needs to be better leaders on the pitch for us. So when we go into these games, like on Tuesday, Wolves away, physical, strong, aggressive, vocal, you know, we we need that in our team as well. And, and I don't believe we should go into the market just to get a player like that. But I believe in the
4: summer's market, we should be looking for players like mm. that. Mark, it, Wolves are a different animal without Raul Jimenez, who's still out injured, obviously, with that horrific injury. Like Carl's just said, it, it is a game, you, especially after the result against West Ham, where we, we got beat, it is a result which, well, it's a game, should I say, we can't really afford to lose, can we? Um, well,
2: you know, if you, ch- if you, if you want a challenge then, or, you know, for whatever, you know, fourth, sixth, whatever, even, you know, higher than that, then you, you can't afford to, to at least get beat. You know, I'd probably take a draw, you know, going to Wolves. It was Wolves yes, away? Wolves away. Wolves away. I mean, they've got... The thing about Wolves is they, they're a more settled side, you know, and they've got some really nice technical footballers, you know, and you look at them and you go, oh, wouldn't mind them, wouldn't mind wouldn't mind But they're a little bit rudderless up top as well, you know, since the, since the striker's gone. And the young lad who's come in, Obviously, he's going to get that if now I've said this. <laughs> um, <laughs> doesn't look, yeah, doesn't you know? It looks like he's technically good, but like you know, it doesn't look like he's he's a sharp shooter that's going to sort of you know help them challenge mm. to do It's 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 a typical one, you know. I, I you could see any, any any you know any results happening. Um, it's interesting, you know. It's a, every time we play it like this, like you would. I thought the same against Chelsea. Against the Arsenal, you know oh, it's going to be difficult here. Yeah, and in the end, you know we we came out okay. So I, I, d- I definitely think Alan will play. You know, I think I think he'll be I think he'll be straight back in there, Um because of you know the the what we're talking about then about the qualities he he gives leadership qualities. You know, some of the things he does, just he's a, he's a dog around the pitch, isn't he? You know, he goes hunting for the ball, but also technically he's got quality as well. You know, he can he can play further up the pitch. Mm.
4: Richard, there's, there is rumours that you know Alan could be could be fit for Tuesday. Um, are you expecting, obviously, the, the likes of Richarlis and DC Allen, Allen, obviously, to come back in? With them coming back in, what sort of style are you expecting us to play? Are you expecting us to play the style that you know we got really good results against the likes of Chelsea and and Arsenal, where we sat in a little bit more, or are you expecting us to be a little bit more expansive and actually take the game to Wolves?
3: I think being the you I think you've got to you've got to sit in and and, and you know. Hope to hit them on the peak. I mean, you know, that's the sort of Gansalotti blueprint when you come up against a team that can be a little bit dangerous, like Wolves are. I mean, I know they're in the table now, but you know, to get the win against Everton, that then puts them back in contention for those European pieces. So I think he's going to have to really dig in and really sort of, you know, be mindful that, you know, this isn't another West Ham who, you know, you can just take lightly because, as we saw with the West Ham game, that blew up in the face. You know, we need to see something a bit more from everything. There's a past two games and yeah, okay, it was a half term team in the FA Cup but, you know, the past two games and the performances that were, that produced were, were so far below what we've come to expect on the anti this season and, you know, I think mm-hmm. it was quite telling the next time. He wasn't even, um, he'd, it was almost like he sort of just thought, well, you know, if you go out, it's on you, because he, because he didn't actually, well, he put the, the troops, which I found quite strange watching watching it from the best possible thought, why is he not, not you know, them into, into, you know, do this, do that. But obviously, you know, the, the biggest part of the is in the league and, you know, Wolves are going to be a, a, a tough opponent. And, so, you know, in the season where anything can happen, they beat an Arsenal or, you know, they, they could probably be having team if they don't um, tighten up. And, you know, I probably would switch to the left-back again. I think uh, centre-back experiments yesterday didn't really work. Obviously, you accommodated I've come at left-back because he has been absolutely spectacular there lately. Mm, Lee...
4: Looking ahead to Wolves, like we say, that's a good point by, by Richard. Would you maybe put Godfrey back in there? Because we are probably going to expect uh, to have less of the ball and to be a bit more defensive and then try and hit him on the break. Or, or would you play Dina in this one?
0: No, I'm, I'm with Richard very much on that one. I think Dina showed yesterday he, he's not quite fit yet. You know he's, he's got good time under his belt, but I would put Godfrey back in, and oh my, it's going to be like a, it's going to be more like a USC battle with uh, <laughs> in <terms> of, uh, <laughs> uh, putting in left, left back against um Godfrey. That's something I think I'd pay to see separately other, other than the, the game itself. but it's a it's a, t- it's a tough game, but we've proven Mick, we've proven that we can raise our game at times, uh, perhaps when we were not expected to as well. And it's one of these games, perhaps similar to the Leicester game away as well, where I, I fancy us. I fancy us on Tuesday. I think yesterday we'll have given a few of them a, a right kick up the backside. I think we'll, we'll see changes. We'll see some of the people we've been really missing come back in. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Ancelotti did the job on these and we come away with a win on Tuesday. I'm, I'm actually
4: quite confident. Mm, Carl, Lee's confident. We love optimism here, mate. We do love it. What, what, what is your prediction? Yeah, I'm confident myself, to be
1: honest, Mick. I think if we get, if we get that formation right and, you know, touching on that Goffrey one there, yeah, I don't think he's a left-back, by the way. Uh, Luke Hedin is an outstanding player, but I get I think it's a bit too early for him to be playing. Other than that, um, I will play Goffrey myself. So, going on the back of that, I'm going to say 2-1 to
4: Everton. 2-1 to Everton. Sorry, Lee, what was your prediction for the game?
0: I'm going to go 1-0, mate. 1-0.
4: Mark, prediction?
2: No, I see I'm not doing predictions.
3: I'm too old for predictions. Richard, prediction? 2-1, I'm going to say, just because I can see
4: them score. OK, 2-1. And I'm going to go 1-1. 1-1. OK, moving on, guys. Richard, you were at the game yesterday. We've had a lot of questions come in uh, in regards to what it is actually like um, now,
3: obviously, COVID's involved.
4: Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like for yourself going in and, and reporting on the game?
3: Yeah, it's, uh, as you can imagine, it's quite a strange situation now. I mean, we used to have a a sort of quite a structured match day in terms of obviously getting fresh. You go in it three hours before kickoff, sit down, have a pre-match meal, do some prep. um, And about an hour before kickoff you get the team news, see see if anything happened in the warm-up. Do the game half-time, full-time, then you do the post-match and then the the mix-down if you would that just to it. Oh, that's gone now. As you can imagine, it's now um, getting an hour before kick-off, if not a little bit earlier. Um... You can't leave your seats, you're all in socially distant respect. I think I'm actually, you know, when, when, when I don't need for family mode talk, I think I'm going to be torn with the uh, seat I want from the main stand because I've spent as much time in the uh, in the actual fan, fan part than I have in the press box these days because I'm in this uh, little sort of makeshift desk. But um, it is a very strange experience, and you know, when the fans came back, I, I gave the hope that. My husband, done it um, and, it, and it was great having the fans back because it, it just gave some life to the game. I felt like not even my like under-23 games. You even have fans that chosen before lockdown. So, it's been very strange. And, you know, you, you haven't sat there waiting for and um, manages to appear on zoom and you know people you know two hundred miles away in london asking questions and you're thinking hang on do you guess what's happening you'd be here and there's no way in hell you'd ask that question so it's it's affecting a lot of you know how people do the job how they operate how they think you know and it's a very strange thing to be a part of you know i think i'm i mean i don't know how many things are covered now but i think you know my 500th game as a is going to come and close doors with no fans which i could not have imagined you know over a decade ago when it started um, so all in all it, it's been surreal and it's something that will definitely stay with me mm,
4: you just touched on the fans there when the fans came back you felt like it made a difference uh, we've had another question come in where people have asked even those 2,000 fans that came and I know Lee and Carl were lucky enough to be drawn out of the ballot on, on a game how important was it for the players to have those 2,000 fans and how much of a difference do
3: you think it makes? thought it made them much more. I think no the fact that City Liverpool had home advantages, the only two Premier League clubs, while it lasted, it was absolutely significant, you know, you, you look at the results against Arsenal, um, against Chelsea, I mean, Manchester was obviously, uh, I'm not saying and obviously everything that happened after that, and that was the last time fans were in the camp, but while they were in, it really did feel like it brought some, some meaning back to games, you know, sort of. It wasn't just, like, going for the motions. Because these teams, I mean, you know, it's great hearing the players talk. It's great hearing James Cormann giving an out to the polling who was trying to ask a big man. Um, but, you know, you trade that all in a heartbeat, just to hear, you know, a full goodison going on, Zed cars as they come in to, into the, the ground. You, you give that, you know, to them to have a game like yesterday's match. actually, to have the fans getting on your back and saying, this is not going I think that would have made a huge difference for it, and, and I think you saw it against West Ham yeah. games, you know, there wasn't that sort of terrible kick with the backside. And I think that has been a big loss, and, you know, since obviously we've won a three year in Liverpool. We've lost that, but also now, you know, it's a, it's a level playing field. And then, you know, we've some football, but always I think Everton on the the wrong end of that one. Mm, Lee, just touching on what Rich has just said there,
4: regarding the fans, and with no fans there yesterday, you know, you kind of... Probably Everton players go into a bit of a lull, so to speak. Is Again, I, I don't want to make excuses for the players because I'm not impressed with the performance just as much as any of you guys. But is that is that another thing that you can take into into account?
2: Yeah,
0: you know, I, I can't articulate it, you know, better than than Richards just on there. I think he's uh, got the nail on the head. Yesterday is a game where I think. It could have gone either way. I think Goodison would have been very flat yesterday. Like an early lunchtime kick-off, that low sun. We never seem to play well, by the way, when the conditions are like that. I don't know why. Um, But yeah, I think it got that bad at one point yesterday. I think Goodison Park would have went nuts. And it would have been pretty nasty in there yesterday. And it would have given one or two a little bit of a fright uh, and frightened them into action, maybe. Everyone's in the same boat, don't forget. But Goodison Park's very unique. We've we have we have all been there, we all love it, we all we've all experienced it. And when I don't know, something happens, that, that Phil Neville tackle, whatever it is that sparks Goodison into life, you ca- you can't not miss that, Mick. Um and that day when you get that green light to all go back and, and just experience that again can't come quick enough for me. And I'm sure the players are feeling it as well. It's it's, it's it's such a strange environment. I know I certainly found it to be, to be very strange. Quite unsettling, actually, when I went to the, to the Arsenal game. I think, Carl, we spoke off air. I think you found it the same. It's just very odd. And if we're finding it weird, obviously, these guys, these elite Premier League players at Everton, they're used to playing in front of full houses and stuff. They must miss that. So, the sooner it comes back, the better mm.
4: Carl, you, you were lucky enough to get a ticket in the ballot when fans were allowed. I know you were not a fan of it. You said it was a bit hard and it felt probably a bit like an exhibition game. But how important is it for the players, for fans to get back in?
1: Massively, Mick. I mean, all you know, the two lads there have hit the nail on the head, like Lee said. Um, when I went to United game, unfortunately, that was the game I won the ballot in. I wish I never won it <laughs> <laughs> It was minus five as well. It was absolutely freezing. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I mean, even to the fact that, like, when we were in the ground, we were getting up and, you know, you, you get up and, you, you know, there's a chance and you jump up and you, like, clap your hands and you're, like, you sing a song or something, you're getting told to sit down.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, put your mask on. <laughs> like, you know, okay, you know, I understand the protocol. I get it, do you know I mean? I got it, but I didn't expect it to be the way it was. And, and like Lee said there, you know, it, it, that could have, we could have helped the players and the players got to help the fans and I think when there's no synergy there with no fans and the players feel it the fans are feeling the players are feeling the fans shouting and chanting because they can't then yeah it's it, it's a um, well basically it's a clusterfuck in it waiting to happen so mm-hmm. as soon as we
4: get these fans back in mate um, the better 100% mm-hmm. Mark what are your thoughts on it do you think it's a uh... Again, I don't want to use the word excuse, but is it, uh, you know, is it hard for the players to get up for certain games when there's no fans and there's no atmosphere and they're expected to win the game anyway?
2: I'm not too sure how much of a difference, obviously, to the atmosphere, but to the result it makes as regards. I've been there when, you know, the Gladstone turns on players and they just they they shrink, they fall apart, like you know, and and, and there's been games where, to be honest. It, I, I, I Like, like Rotherham. do you know what I mean? Yesterday, it would have been just as bad. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's been mentioned that these have been on the case. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they, oh. they've probably shrunk even more. I, you know, I'm just taking the win at the moment.
4: Mm. Okay, guys, that's all we've got time for this week. Um, thank you ever so much for tuning in. Uh, Richard, you've been fantastic. Thank you ever so much for being our special guest. Uh, you, shout out to Lewis Wright, who is aged 10. Uh, You're our youngest listener, mate, so thank you ever so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, Next podcast is Wednesday, which is the day after the Wolverhampton Wanderers away game. And then next Sunday, we have another very, very special guest joining us. Ex-player Michael Ball will be joining us. And you'll be able to hear that from 1pm on Sunday. Uh, and we're delighted to have Michael joining us. Uh, guys, in the meantime, take care. Look after yourselves. Like I say, we know it's a tough time out there. So our DMs are always open if you ever need a chat or you'd just like to talk about the Blues. In the meantime, let's hope we are talking on Wednesday after a good result at Wolves. Uh, thank you all. Take care. And we'll speak to you soon. Up to the, the toffee,